Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboo and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. My guest today is Nick Rivellis, also known as Coach Nick, a somatic sex educator and sexological body worker based in San Diego, California. He's a prominent musician, pianist, composer, and educator with a master's in choral conducting and a doctorate in piano performance. Nick was an associate professor of music at the university level and director of music and pianist for the White Oak Dance Project and Mikhail, oh, I'm not going to say his name right, Barshinov, how you say it? Barishnikov. Barishnikov. For 20 <laughs> years, he was director of community engagement for San Diego Opera from where he retired in 2018. And he is also a Roman Catholic priest for 16 years. Even though he resigned from the priestly ministry, he continued his search for understanding and enlightenment in this important aspect of his life, which led him to the Body Electric School and to the vocation he now practices as a somatic sex educator and sexological body worker. Today, he dedicates his time to working with gay, bi, and queer-identified men to help them recover from trauma imposed on our bodies by culture, church, and family in a centuries-old attempt to control sexuality and sexual expression. He has developed body prayer to reclaim the sacred for our erotic bodies, which is what we will be talking about today. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. Good to see you. It's great to see you, too. So, all right. The very first thing I know people are going to want to ask and know is, what is a somatic sex educator and a sexological body worker? Go. Uh, well, the the profession, if it, or a modality of, of somatic sex education, um, is to create a safe enough space for people to explore their sexuality, um, and it involves, um, gosh, body work, breath work, elements of yoga, tantra, Tao practices, um, exploration of touch. Um, uh, it, it, it creates um, a, a space where people feel comfortable not just to ask questions, but to invite touch, uh, to be able to touch. Um, uh, I, I think um, it, it, it's a very rewarding practice, as I've, as I've discovered, in terms of even if, even if I have just one session with a person, opening up the possibility uh, of their erotic body uh, exploring, being erotic explorers, I think is a great way of, oh. of, of putting it, um, and opening up the possibilities of the erotic for, for a person. Uh, of course, recognizing, uh, when you're working with a partner, uh, it's an adult and mutual consent and all of that. But, um, I've, I've discovered through this work that so many people are kind of shackled uh, and not able to even ask questions of themselves about how to deal with intimacy or how to explore themselves erotically. So I think the best way of, of putting what we do as somatic sex educators and sexological body workers is simply opening up those possibilities. So let me make it clear to my listeners, right? I'm a sex therapist. And as a sex therapist, we never touch our clients. That's not part of this. It's a therapy experience. You're only touched by the words that I use um, to right. help you go inside. You, as a sexological body worker, actually touch. Right. Exactly. Now, we follow a very strict code of ethics. Yeah. Um, three, three basic things. We remain clothed. 
as practitioners at all times. Uh, when we're touching genitals, we use medical grade gloves uh, and we don't have sex with our clients. We're not sexual surrogates. That's a good point. Can you distinguish the two? Uh, yeah, sexual surrogate works, in, as I understand it, works in partnership with um, a medical uh, professional, with a with a sex therapist, um, and um, and and will actually be intimate with um, a client. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't do that. We the, the the touch in somatic sex education and sexological body work is one way practitioner to client, not two way. Okay, that's important to know. Um, yeah. And yeah, so people, some people will understand this and be listening and others will be like, whoa, wait a minute, what is he saying? So like you actually touch their body, touch their genital, you'll, you'll actually sometimes even help them learn how to self-pleasure, right? Exactly. Masturbation coaching is actually something that I'm doing a lot of uh, and have done a lot of during the pandemic, particularly because so many of us, particularly single gay men, have been in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have been isolated. Uh, and so online through various apps looking, you know, looking to learn how to enjoy their bodies more and how to how to deepen that experience, broaden it. Um, that's become kind of really a, an important part of my job. Yeah, it's a really and I know that this can be very important for clients who who don't have, I mean, you can teach all you can teach, but sometimes some people don't, especially if it's been a trauma experience or especially if they have, uh, they're aging or they have physical limitations or whatever. Right. So you're, exactly. you're coming to help them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I, I think it's also important to add that before we engage in that touch within, within that, um, um, uh, magic uh, of, of a session in somatic sex education, we all spend at least one, maybe two, maybe three sessions simply on touch mm. and the importance of touch. Mm. And just touching me, touching a client's hand and helping them to understand. Uh, and this is, this is within, I have to um, cite Betty Martin and all her wonderful work about the wheel of consent. Um, Help them understand what it means to give, to receive, to take, uh, and to allow touch mm. and the various levels of, of touch that, that we can simply understand just by virtue of the fact that we're human. Mm-hmm. And we have these wonderful sensors in our body, you know, all over our body and our skin um, that, are, that are receptors of touch and what touch means. So before I go anywhere near uh, the genitals of a person or the torso or, or put them on the table for a body work. Uh, there's a lot of work that happens prior to that. And I know you said you uh, work with gay men and trans, uh, or um, I was going to ask you if you work with trans men too. Cause I, I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. We're trained for it obviously, but no, I, I, I haven't had any trans clients as yet. And you help men and um, work with their anal, um, you know, feelings too, and help them get comfortable with that. Absolutely. If that's what they, if that's what they desire, if that's what they request. Yeah. So Um, actually uh, just as a side note, one of the most really exciting uh, experiences and learnings that I experienced in my training as a somatic sex educator was learning external anal massage. 
So not prostate massage, but mm. simply external anal massage, which can be really delicious, whether you're doing it to yourself or doing it for a client or a partner. Um, just, you know, explosions of understanding and pleasure and, and uh, um, depths of, of intimacy and, and, and erotic information. Uh, there's so much available there. And it's just been this area of, of um, uh, taboo, uh, an area of, of uh, shame, uh, you know, forever. Uh, and I, I find men are uh, usually uncomfortable with it. Even gay men who are bottoms are not particularly um, uh, 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 you know, available to this external anal massage thing. They're just like, what's that? <laughs> you know, no clue what that, what the possibilities are there. And once you open that up for somebody, somebody, it's, it's really wonderful. I just learned something. I had no idea. I would think about and would love all the aspects in and out of anal, but it's interesting to hear you say that they have, they have not explored the external and they're uncomfortable. No, it's only all about getting in and, yeah. and getting to the, prost the prostate. But no, there's a lot uh, to be learned before you get there. Uh, and even simply lingering there for, you know, a good substantial amount of time uh, can be really delicious. Doesn't this come from, um, this sounds to me like body electric work, like Rosebud. Isn't there something called Rosebud stimulation? It absolutely is. Body yeah. electric. And we've got so much uh, in our profession to thank Joseph Kramer, who was the founder of uh, Body Electric and who actually ended up being my uh, field mentor for my graduation from the certificate program in, in SSE. Um, he founded Body Electric in the early 80s when I happened to be in New York getting my doctorate in piano performance. And um, I read about his work in the New York Native, which was the, uh, the LGBT newspaper of the time. And I thought, oh my God, that's so exciting what this guy is doing in response to the men's health crisis. Uh, and since then it's grew, it's grown into an incredible resource uh, for sexuality, for sex practices, for the erotic, for intimacy. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful resource, just a wonderful resource. And that's where I got started. I just went to a couple of those basic weekends and then I went to a weekend that Joseph himself gave called um, Erotic Rituals for Daily Life. And being an ex-priest, a former priest, the word ritual sort of popped out at me. And I thought, oh, I want to sign up for that weekend. And I went. And at the end of the, of the weekend, I went up to Joseph and I said, Joseph, I'm retiring in about five years. I want to do what you do. Mm. <laughs> and that's wow. what's. That's what started it all. It was such a powerful weekend of understanding that you can, you can marry the ritual and the sacred with erotic pleasure, mm. uh, with the erotic. And it broke down that false Western um, uh, dichotomy between body and spirit. I realized in that experience that you cannot have a spiritual experience outside of your body. There mm -hmm. is no, there is no split. I mean, for centuries, uh, Western culture, not just church, but Western culture is, has lived under this shadow of body is bad and spirit is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I grew up with that. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
finally realizing, oh my God, no, I have incredible spiritual access through my pleasure. Uh, and I've discovered that that's a key to overcoming uh, the trauma uh, and the shaming and the blaming that church, Western culture and family uh lay on us, particularly those of us who have the bodies of gay, bi, and trans, uh, and queer men. Yeah, and you talk about the trauma of growing up this way and what that does to our bodies. Can you say a little more about that specifically to the gay, bi, and queer men? Yeah, um, and it's it's in the air. <laughs> you know, it's, it's um, in fact, just to reflect on my own religious upbringing, um, um, my religious upbringing was fairly benign. I, I didn't experience any um, overt abuse, sexual or physical or otherwise. I don't remember the nuns slapping my hands and, you know, blaming me for this and that. Um, it, it, was, it was fairly easy and comfortable and friendly. Um, and yet, <laughs> I still carried shame about sex, particularly about masturbation. I think it came from the euphemism that priests used, at least when I grew up in the 50s, for masturbation. The euphemism was self-abuse. And if you mm. think about that, if you just think about that, what damage that phrase can do to you, if that becomes the euphemism for something that gives you so much pleasure. So, um, yeah, I deal with people who have been actually terribly abused, but other folks like me who haven't necessarily experienced abuse and yet still experience the shame that church and culture put out there. And yeah. I think it's, I think it's particularly endemic here in the United States with our puritanical background. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's still, and it, it just blows me away that it still feels like taboo to bring anything up sexual in a conversation, to talk about sex, to talk about intimacy. Um, you're, 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 you're working with a minefield and it seems so difficult and something that should be so natural for us yeah. to Unless be able to. Negative. Right. You can yeah. talk about if it's negative. Now, one thing I do say for the LGBT community is we grow up, I've always said this from since the 80s, with covert cultural sexual abuse, I call it. Covert right. meaning you may have never been touched, but just the culture of it's not okay to know that you're heterosexual or that you're anything but heterosexual. It's not okay to have uh, same-sex pleasure. All of that, to me, contributes to part of the shame. Yeah, that's an absolutely wonderful way to put it, and, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what I what I deal with. I think primarily in my practice. Yeah. Wow. Um, and why only uh, men? Why not women? Do you work with? Well, it's funny <laughs> you should ask. I'm trained to work with women, and in fact, all of my all of my colleagues, all of my fellow students in the training program were women. So wow. I had a lot of experience on, on women's bodies and touching women and uh, inter interacting with women. Um, I just didn't feel like it was my mission. Uh, it's not that I'm uncomfortable with women's bodies. Um, I'm certainly more knowledgeable about men's bodies. Being queer myself um, and, uh, and, and being out for so many years. And I also felt that at least here in San Diego, and I happen to live at, at the center of the gay community in Hillcrest, um, that there was a there was a greater need for aging gay men, particularly dealing with issues of of getting older, 
uh, and and not having the body that they wanted, uh, seeing seeing erotic possibilities perhaps be fleeting uh, and not as present to them as before. I just felt drawn to a, uh, to a kind of mission to just help men, to help that community. Sure. Uh, and it's, it's been, um, it's been very fulfilling and very satisfying work, certainly for me and um, the clients I have. It seems to me that there's been a lot of growth uh, with them and, and, and that that's exciting. It's uh, so, wonderful to see. Yeah. And talk about your technique, the, my, what is it? My body prayer technique. What is that? The, the body prayer technique is based on mindful self-compassion practices, um, which has grown up in the last few years through the mindfulness community. And what was at the basis of it was reclaiming the words of church uh, the words of faith and even the rituals of church and faith for our erotic bodies. So it's essentially a body meditation that starts with a mindfulness body scan or a mindful uh, body scan um, and, and leading to the genitals and to the anal area and actually using words like holy and sacred um, little affirmations, for instance, like uh, I might say when hovering, uh, over a, a, a man's genitals, uh, say something to the effect of my, my cock is holy. Mm. My, um, my genitals are sacred. I thank them for the pleasure that they've given me over the years. I thank my stomach. Uh, I thank my nipples for the pleasure they give me. Um, I thank my heart for the openness that's there. You know, th those kind of um, uh, compassionate affirmations, mm. I find, just go a, uh, go a far way, I think, in helping people accept their bodies, see them indeed as holy. There's nothing, there's nothing more sacred about my heart than about my cock mm -hmm. or about my anus, right? Um, and and uh, so it's an attempt to sort of erase all of that and reclaim those words for ourselves, for our, what I like to say, what I like to call our erotic bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, now, it takes preparation uh, for some folks, especially those who've been overtly uh, um, traumatized in any way. Uh, you you got to make sure that you're not using words that are going to trigger them and re-traumatize them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in my intake interviews with folks that are that are coming to me for body prayer, I make sure that, you know, we're avoiding words like that. Uh, and something very simple that I would never have thought of before my training, using the words that they themselves use mm -hmm. for the parts of their of their genitals. Yeah. They may use the word dick. Yeah rather than cock, which is my preferred. So, right. you know, I, that's something that I'll find out in a, a that's such a good point. I've always hated the word cock. It's not sexual to me at all. I like Dick. Right. So I wouldn't want, you know, it doesn't fit for me to call it a cock. Cause I don't, I don't look at him as look at him that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I can't use the anatomical words. They make me absolutely crazy. <laughs> Penis just drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, and I just can't go there. And if that's what they use, I'll go there. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> I think it's great. How do you um, filter out? Because I'm thinking, you know, you've heard of the fetish um, or the kink. CMNM, clothed men, naked men. In other words, there's a turn on to being naked around clothed people. So when you said, I, I, I stay dressed, but they don't, how do you filter out somebody who just wants to come in and, and fulfill that fetish? Oh, wow. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you never had that or thought of that? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> and it hasn't been part of my experience. Uh, I, I can see how that might be a turn on for somebody. I, oh, yeah. I really haven't experienced. I have to say, I. The first I, time I ever saw anything like this, I'll never forget it. My mother had Playgirls. I was, it was in the 70s. And there oh. were naked men serving drinks and hors d'oeuvres to clothed women. And it was wildly hot to me. It was really yeah. hot, even though there were women in there. You know, it didn't matter. But the men were <laughs> naked. And then later I realized there's a name for it. And then there are websites for gay men, clothed I, men and naked men. Oh, I had, uh, I'm going to have to explore this. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, and it's not sexual. You know, it's not. You could just be not even touching each other, just being, you're just talking in that way. So, yeah, you. Um, that, and yeah. I don't know that you would filter that out, anyways. Maybe is that something you offer for someone that has that fetish, or would that be a a no no in your field? Wow, that's a great question. I'm not sure. I'd really have to think about that, Joe. I mean, you've, you've stumped me. I. Um, I wouldn't want to feed into the fetish. I think I'd have to be, I, I, no, you know, I think I just go back to basics and be very, very clear about what this is yeah. that we're doing. And one of the first, actually the very first thing I do when a client comes into my studio is talk about intention. Intentional sex is the most erotic sex uh, and an intentional uh, somatic sex session, I think, is is really filled with erotic possibilities. And so I find it really, really important to ask the question, even if we've never approached the word intention before, if this guy's just came, come cold, you know, without an intake interview, I'll sit him down and ask, what's your intention? And sometimes that really just blows people away. They don't know how to answer that. But I... You know, I press them. Why are you here? What is your intent? What do you want? What do you really desire? And once we get down to the basics of that, I think most fetishes, you know, fall away. Yeah. Uh, we'd certainly see that one as being, you know, no longer um, uh, in, in activity. Uh, between you, you mean, not fall away from their... Yeah, between us, the once, once we start working. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and so what is, what would you call a mindful erotic practice? Is that what you already talked about? No, mindful erotic practice is exactly that. Any erotic practice that you bring mindfulness to, or I could, I could substitute the word intention. Mm -hmm. But for us in the somatic sex education community, it's about having some kind of daily or as often as we can practice of of approaching our body in an erotic way simply to make ourselves constantly aware that we've got erotic bodies. So it might be masturbation. Um, it might simply be touching. Uh, something uh, Joseph Kramer teaches, cock cuddling, for instance. <laughs> uh, after I get out of the shower, you know, getting um, some, some body lotion, not oil, uh, not lube, 
uh, because those would tell my body that I'm, you know, mm. going to finish. Yeah. Um, uh, or body lotion and simply cuddling my cock for two or three minutes. It's, it's, you know, not, not to, uh, even the point of erection, but just loving, honoring, showing respect. Um, that I would call a very simple, mindful, erotic practice, breathing into it, noticing what sensations come up. Um, you know, all of the basics of mindfulness, just applying them to erotic touch. Um, sometimes, um, waking up in the morning, I've got my left hand on my heart and my right hand under my genitals at mm. my perineum and simply breathing into that, what I call that sacred corridor, mm-hmm. uh, that opens up the conversation between my heart and my genitals mm. uh, that I always want to be open as a very tantric technique yes. and, and breathing into that, um, for five or 10 minutes. That's a simple mindful erotic practice uh so i mean it can be a lot of things and it can be described in many different ways but very simply it's about touching breathing noticing erotically Um, i love this this is i hope this invites people to want to learn more how um can they learn more about you and find you um and contact you my website is mindfulpleasurepractice.com, mindfulpleasurepractice.com. And I, uh, that is also on Instagram. Um, and, and I'm getting clients and followers. So somebody's, somebody's going there, which is exciting. Good. And, uh, it's working out. Yeah. Really, really well. Despite the pandemic, uh, I, I even have some, uh, in-person clients, which is working out really, really well. So. I'm so we follow glad. All, all the safety protocols, obviously, but uh, good. Yeah, it's yeah, been, and uh, I hope they find more. you through this podcast too. I really, Nick, want to thank you for joining me today on Smart Sex, Smart Love, and you can hear more of my podcasts at SmartSexSmartLove.com, or you can also follow me. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Dr. Joe Court. D R J O E K O R T. I hope you enjoyed today's um, podcast, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>